0: Oh <music> is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon
1: Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Brady Christensen coming up here momentarily. Uh, going to the NFL, Gordon. I've I've uh, looked around on the mock drafts, and man, he is all over the board in the yeah. mock drafts that I've seen. Um, I saw one that had him going as high as the first round. I've seen as low as five. So he's there's there's kind of split opinions on where he might end up.
2: Yes, indeed. And I, he had a good pro day, didn't he? I mean, it seemed yeah. like his numbers were quite good. So I don't know. He's one of those guys that'll be really interesting. Because some guys are just sort of holding on and uh, holding out hope that they'll get selected at all. But with Brady, like you said, there's this sliding scale of uh, expectation, uh, and it varies. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing where he'll go.
1: Well, he certainly plays one of the most important positions on the football field. That is for sure.
2: And he did it uh, better than anybody in his final year at BYU.
1: Let's get out to the zone phone joining us now. I guess do we uh, do we say former BYU offensive lineman Brady? What's what's the official title? Is that a, is that all right? Future NFL tackle Brady Christensen. Is that better?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean either one. I I don't think you can go wrong with uh, either one.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for jumping on with this, man. Uh, this must be a, a pretty exciting time, I would guess.
0: Yeah, man. It was. Uh, it's- I'm just enjoying the process it's crazy that I get to do football as a full-time job you know preparing for the draft so I'm just I'm enjoying the process loving the process and it's, it's been a lot of fun
2: what did you do to prepare for uh, pro day
0: yeah so I was down in uh, at Dallas Texas um, I was down at a facility called Michael Johnson performance so I was working out getting the work done with the drills and the bench and getting stronger and faster and everything and then Also um, worked with uh, a line coach named Duke Manyweather, going over drills and combine drills, and and getting that um, all in. And then I actually just had a baby a couple weeks ago as well, so I came back about a month ago. um, And then thank you, appreciate it. It's been it's been awesome. And then just training uh, at Stro Stroformance uh, down here in Pleasant Grove, and so it's been good. It's been fun.
1: I've got my second one, Brady, uh, due in a month, and I am not looking forward to going back to the whole newborn lifestyle. How does that, how does that work with getting ready, ready for the NFL draft, having a newborn?
0: Yeah, it, it was crazy. The hospital experience, I mean, the bed that I had to sleep on was uh, was quite too small, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that was crazy. Um, but then, it's it's been, you know, just take it a day at a time. My wife's amazing. She does an amazing job, and, and our little baby boy, his name's Ledger, he's, he's been awesome. And so you really just take his day at a time, you know, like focus on, on the family, but also realize that that I got this huge opportunity to really focus on, on football. You can really do both. I always say football, family, and faith, you know, you can focus on all three, no doubt.
2: So, Brady, uh, Pro Day, uh, a lot of uh, NFL representation there, a lot of people wanting to see Zach, but they saw you too. How do you feel like you performed?
0: Yeah, I felt like I, I did a great job, you know. I had a lot of goals that I set uh, a couple months ago that I wanted to, like, hit. Um, some of them were lofty, and I was able to hit every single one of them. Um, it, it was an amazing experience. Obviously, yeah, Zach had a great day, and it was awesome to watch him. But to be able to f- perform like that in front of so many different NFL teams, it was uh, it was awesome.
1: What's the interview process been like with the various teams? Because it's it's obviously a lot different this year.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's all resumed so far, and basically all teams are a little bit different with how they do their interview process. You know, I've had team O line coaches where they do installs where they install one of their plays, and then you have to kind of teach it back to them. So you really got to learn on the fly type of thing. And then I've had. Other O-line coaches watching film with me, watching my college film, um, going over mistakes or or good things that I did. Um, so it's all a little bit different. It's all um, over Zoom, which is, uh, is, is kind of uh, kind of crazy, but also good. Um, and it's been it's been a fun experience so far.
2: Ray, you seem pretty natural in your approach when you're being asked questions by NFL teams. Is there a right answer and a wrong answer? How do you go about? It? Do you uh, schedule that out and have uh, a script that you're trying to follow, or do you just let it roll?
0: You know, I, I just try to let it roll. You know, like I've had I've had a lot, my agents help help me a lot uh, with the whole interview process, and obviously, you never know what the questions are going to you're going to get and so you just kind of got to roll with it um obviously you're trying to sell yourself um so my goal is to to be confident but humble um and but really sell myself that this team hey if you pick me you're really going to get a steal in the draft and and I'm going to be a great tackle for you for a long time and that's kind of my my attitude going into those interviews
1: Brady, now that you're a few months uh, away from the season, I want to ask you about it just because it was so crazy, right? Your schedule goes right into the garbage can over the summer, and Tom Homo goes out there and and pulls the games together that he he can. You guys ended up basically playing a a full schedule. You played very, very well, but uh, give us a little peek behind the scenes. What was that whole year like? It had to be wild.
0: Yeah, it was wild, and man, I'm so grateful for Tom and the work he he put in to get us the schedule because... I mean, there were so many games in, in in college that, you know, they only had four or five games. And so I, I was just so grateful that we had 12 or whatever we had. And it was crazy because, like, like you said, in fall camp, we had basically one one or two games. You know, we had Navy and then, like, one, two others. And so it, it was hard mentally because some of the guys were like, well, why are we, why are we in practice? We don't even have a schedule. But really, I like, we were just trying to – bring up the guys, you know, I was trying to tell them, hey, that's like we're playing the game. A lot of teams that don't have this opportunity, let's just enjoy it and be grateful for it. And I think that's really what carried over throughout the whole season. Every week you're like worried maybe this game is going to get canceled. So every night we're playing a game, we're just grateful to be out there. No matter who was against, if there was fans, no fans, we were having fun out there and grateful to be out there. And I think that's what the attitude we had the whole season, and it really, really helped
2: radio the draft is just three or four weeks away now um we've jake and i were talking we've seen you on mock drafts going as high as the first round and as uh low as the fifth round do you have any idea where you're going to go because you you are really in a unique situation where you know it's a crapshoot right you're just going to sit back <laughs> or do you do you have a hint as to what's going to happen
0: man i wish i could tell you exactly where i was going you know <laughs> I wish I knew, but I just have, like you were saying, I, I have no idea. You know, uh, the, the most, th- the best thing for me is just keep killing it in the interviews. You know, talking to all the teams and, and doing my best. And I felt like I did my best at pro day. And so, really, my whole objective is control what I can control and make teams almost feel like they have to draft me higher. And that's kind of that's kind of my my attitude towards towards it. And you know, when that draft night comes wherever I go is is where I'm excited to go. um, And I'm excited to go kill it.
1: Brady Christensen is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brady, uh, doing this job, I've had a chance to work with a few uh, former football players. And I guess uh, before talking with them, I I had no idea the amount of anxiety that goes into draft day itself. And it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it's it's a big day, certainly, in, in somebody's life who's eligible for that sort of thing. So I ask... Have you decided what you're gonna do? Are you gonna watch it on TV? Or are you gonna go fishing or something? What What are you gonna do uh, on the weekend of the draft?
0: Yeah, I, I know. Basically, what I'm, I'm gonna go up to Battle where I'm from with my family, hang out with them. One of my agents will come down, and I've told them, "Hey, we gotta go golfing." You know, throughout the day before draft, just to, golf's always been a big thing for me. Just to go get away, you know, be outside, kind of forget about everything, and just you know worry about about each shot. So mentally, that will will help. Uh, My favorite course up there is Down for Ridge. I know I'll go golf 18 up there for sure. Sweet.
2: Man, I don't know how that's going to go, Brady, because when I go play golf, and I have played that course many times, uh, in the middle of my backswing, I'll I'll have some thought come into my mind about something (laughs) I either forgot to do or some problem I need to solve. And in the middle of your backswing, you're going to go, what round am I going in? Uh, and I, I hope you can score well under those conditions.
0: I can't, I can't score that well in any condition. So even if I have, <laughs> have those thoughts uh, during my round, you know, that's all right. As long as, as, long, as, long as I'm about bogey golf, you know, I'm, I'm a happy guy. Good for you. <laughs>
1: uh, Brady, I want to ask you about uh, BYU and, and uh, I guess your experience there. Do you feel like it has prepared you for success at the next level?
0: Yes, without a doubt, 100%. BYU, um, I mean, I think it's going in such a great direction as a program, first of all. I think Kalani is doing an amazing job, and I'm just excited to see uh, BYU keep keep improving and the football team keep progressing. As far as prepared me for, for the NFL, I have no doubt. Um, with Coach Grimey and, and Coach Mateos and then Coach Pugh before him, and even Coach Empey, they really taught me everything you need to know about line play obviously there's going to be more that i learn um but as much as they could teach they, they taught me and i feel really prepared in the, the interviews and and just like the different plays that the nfl coaches teach me I, I feel very prepared and very knowledgeable um and that's a big big um a compliment to, to the coaches i had
2: obviously the pro game is uh, at a higher level what are you anticipating that playing in the NFL against these kinds of athletes, uh, how, how, what's it going to be like and how is it going to be different than what you experienced in college?
0: I think uh, two things will be the biggest difference. I think the play speed is, is a lot higher. I think no matter what position, even the O-linemen, the D-linemen, they're all quick, and I think that's what really sets the NFL apart from college is, is the speed of the game. And so that, I'll really have to adapt to that. And then also, like, the hands part of it. Um, all the NFL D-linemen are so elite with their hands and, and work their hands um, nonstop that I know I'm, I'm going to have to be like a boxer, you know, working my hands every day um, so they can be weapons for me and really violent and really accurate and get getting in the spots they need um, is something that I'll work on every day to get better.
1: This is a really dumb question, Brady, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, you seem like like a, a very even-keeled, nice person, young father, uh, seem very caring in, in the times I've heard you speak throughout your career. But I've been under the impression for a while now that to be a good old lineman, you have to be mean. Is that true? Or do you have a mean side?
0: Yeah, I definitely have a mean side out there. I always say the two things – that o-linemen need is they need to be protectors first off and i I think i'm the ultimate ever since i was a little kid i was a protector you know i very um protect my family you know with my teammates that's always kind of been ingrained in me um but the the second part is you got to be nasty you know you got to have that last little shove or finishing your block it doesn't mean i'm a huge trash like talker i don't i don't talk a ton out there but just trying to get that last shove, you know, just grip his jersey a little bit longer than he wants, just little things like that um, to kind of get in the D-line means head. I definitely, I definitely have that in my game. Um, I think you have to to be a great O-lineman.
2: I noticed you got the beard going and the longer hair. Is that all a part of a, uh, a mean mentality?
0: <laughs> I always say, like my mom always says, you got to have an NFL look, you know. You can't just be <laughs> – a clean-shaven guy, so I was like, you know, I'll try a beard for a little while, see how it goes, and I'll try the long hair. I don't know how long I'll keep it, but right now, I'm enjoying it.
2: So, will you do me a favor? And I think when we had you on before, Brady, we asked you a similar question. But, you know, our average listener, some of them played high school ball, some played college. I mean, they're familiar with the game. Some have just watched it a lot. But if you were to describe or try to explain... What goes into being a good offensive tackle? I, I know you know, We you know while we're young, you don't have all day to explain it all to us. But what what, what message would you what, what would you like to ever enlighten everyone with about what goes into it?
0: I think what separates a decent offensive lineman and a great offensive lineman is the mental side of the game. So I'll give you a couple examples. Like I think it's huge to kind of analyze tendencies of defenses so like sometimes the defense like is his inside foot uh, up or his outside foot up you know and that will change his rush uh pattern his rush his rush timing and that kind of sets you apart and then noticing safety tilt, you know noticing all these just little things that the defense can do so you're always one step ahead um obviously the technique side of offensive line is huge, but I feel like a lot of people can get good at that. But just noticing the small things, the small tendencies of the defense really sets you apart, and I I think that's what improved most in my my three years, four years at BYU is just noticing those things.
1: Well, Brady, thank you very much for jumping on with us. Congratulations on your your growing family and all your success, and uh, good luck going forward. Uh, We'll be rooting for you.
0: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you, Brady. We appreciate it. Uh, Brady Christensen, uh, offensive lineman at BYU and, uh, soon to be draft pick. He had an incredible year last year, a lot of growth there at BYU. BYU, uh, Gordon, and we've talked about this quite a bit over the years, really used to be known to be an offensive line factory. And they got away from that a little bit for a while. Um, you know, kind of went to a different style of play and all of a sudden it had been years and years since they had put offensive linemen, uh, into the NFL draft. And, Uh, That certainly is is not going to be the case this year.
2: Jake, you and I have talked about this a lot through the years, but uh, I think the offensive line is so important to the heart and soul of a football team. When they are confident and they're prepared and they're together, all of those things are absolutely necessary for an offense to go. As much as the quarterback gets all the credit and it's very important what he does, that offensive line sets a tone for the entire team. And yeah, BYU back in the day, they had some big nasties, you know. And, uh, and then, like you said, they went maybe for a, a little more nimble athlete for a while. but uh, it seems as though they're heading back in the direction of getting big guys who uh, who are technically sound and who, uh, who who can, you know, be sort of comprehensive in their approach both pass blocking and uh, opening holes along that offensive line for the run game. So uh, it's so huge. And maybe some of that is because BYU had an offensive lineman and an offensive line coach as its offensive coordinator for a number of years.
1: Well, and I think um, that's going to be the legacy of Coach Grimes. I mean, he's been a part of this building, you know, a big part of it, obviously, and Coach Satake would tell you that. But I think that's what's really going to last. I think he, he returned that to BYU football, that mentality and, you know, recruiting that type of player. And I think that will have a lasting impact on, uh, impact on the program. And we asked Coach Roderick about that on yes, was that Monday uh, if yeah. he wanted to, to continue that. And it sounded like he's going to make that a, a priority.
2: He said the magic word, physicality, and uh, yeah, that's that's you want out of those big guys up there. You know, they're bigger than everybody else, and they set a tone for your team. And then, of course, they they make it happen when they're actually out on the field. But uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed my conversations with offensive linemen through the years talking football because they're pretty cerebral. Most of them. Yeah, they're big, and sometimes they're ugly.
1: They're all mean. I asked him about that. You have to be mean yeah. to be an yeah. offensive lineman. You do, and that's kind of funny with a guy like, like uh, Brady Christensen, who's who's kind of a, seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of dude, kind of a oh shucks kind of a guy. But then, yeah, you, you know, he you don't have the success at that position without having a, a side of you that's pretty mean. And oh, you heard no him doubt. talk about that. You know, that extra, that extra little something out there. Uh,
2: that, yeah. You know. How would you like to go up against that guy? I mean, what did he miss? Like one block all year long? <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Pretty dominant. I don't know what it was. But well, pro, was...
1: pro football focus loves him. I don't know how much stock you put into that, but that yeah. seems to be a popular measure these days. They, they ranked him as the highest ranking left tackle. So.
2: How, it's so interesting that the opinions vary like that. Cause I keep checking out uh, the, uh, I've seen mock drafts that have the first three rounds and I keep looking for his name and, uh, oftentimes it's absent. So I I just don't know how an offensive tackle could perform much better than he did this last year. Uh, but uh, I guess there's some quality guys out there.
1: We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, guys fall in the draft all the time, turn out to be really good players.
2: It's It's so funny. I don't know what causes that. I mean, if Brady goes into the NFL and performs well for the next 10 years, people will look back and say, how in the world did you not go earlier? You know? Like well, you said, it's, it's a crab shoot And I don't know, maybe he will go early. Uh, but if he doesn't and he goes on and performs, and we see this all the time, especially with uh, certain linemen, skilled players, it seems like, you know, every once in a while there's a Tom Brady that's picked in the sixth round or whatever. But you see uh, very gifted offensive linemen who are in the latter part of the draft and they are highly valued in the NFL. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see uh, where he goes but I think he's pretty darn good.
1: Well there's just so much of a hit or miss factor in the NFL draft more so than certainly than the NBA draft, although there's yeah. a lot in the NBA draft too but we just you see guys, who was it there was an NFL team that, that cut their first rounder the other day from like two years ago. I mean, not not traded, not moved, but actually cut him. I'm trying to. I think it might have been your Titans. Austin. Yeah, it was Isaiah Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. No, not Tyus uh, White. Isaiah White. And and Vrabel said basically we gave this guy every opportunity in the world, and he just stinks. And they cut him. He also he also had some attitude things. The, and yeah, right. Some off the field. Yeah, it's just, and... it's 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 crazy. But mm-hmm. he wasn't good enough for that. Attitude off the field, other nonsense to be trumped right. by his play. Yeah. So 115 tackles, they would have overlooked all of that.
2: How do you go in the first round then? It's crazy. Because it's an know?
1: imperfect science.
2: Yeah. Like you said.
1: Oh, we can go back over every single, I mean, comparing it to the NBA, we can go back over every, every single NBA draft. I mean, I bet you we'd go, uh, I bet I bet you if we went two drafts ago, there'd be at least one player. Well, maybe I'm not going to go that far. I bet if we went back three or four years ago, there'd be at least one lottery pick who's not even in the league anymore.
2: And See, I like it. I think it adds a little spice to the whole thing because if the teams that are drafting first get all the talent, and in the NBA that seems like it's quite often the case, but then you can point out all kinds of examples of guys going later, like the Joker. I mean, and being one of the best basketball players on the planet or one of the best football players, whatever the case might be, I like the fact that uh, if they're not quite sure. It makes it kind of fun.
1: Right. Uh, Joker or Rudy or Kawhi or even Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Paul George, look at all these, these big-time players that tons of teams passed on.
2: Do you think? How do you think uh, player personnel people, uh, general managers, feel about that? Do you think there are guys – That are still kicking themselves for not drafting Donovan or oh yeah look no further further than
1: the Hornets who who picked Malik Monk instead.
2: It would it would keep me up at night. I would hate that part of the job because you know maybe other people forget probably not, but you know that you screwed up.
1: Yeah, you 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 know what happens. Do your job
2: the way you needed to. It
1: happens so much though that you would have to shake that off. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't let that stuff haunt you because there, it it just happens all the time. I mean, it, it, do you think uh, the Dennis Lindsey? It was Dennis who passed on Kawhi, right? Do you think that keeps him up at night, or is it just that Kawhi landed in the right spot and developed the heck out of his game and deserves all the credit in the world? Oh, well, although uh, Dennis Dennis traded for Kawhi, right? That's what it. That's the connection. So, do you think Kevin O'Connor is up at night thinking, "Man, I passed on Kawhi Leonard"? Yeah, Dennis deserves credit for drafting it. Scratch everything I said.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. It really. was a long time ago. Traded George wise, Hill for him, yeah. As a wise, wise man once said, you can't play backward.
1: Right. Right? I mean, how many teams are, are kicking themselves for, for not, you know, taking Rudy? The whole league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Denver did take Rudy. Right. And Donovan for that matter. And Donovan.
2: They just, yeah, but they they took him for the Jazz with a full right, right, right. Of but
1: I them. I think if you're a general manager, maybe we asked Dennis about this sometime. Like I, I I think you can't kick yourself over that sort of thing, unless you're unless you're over. You know what I mean? Unless you don't hit it all, and in that likelihood, you probably aren't going to have that gig for very long. So
2: well, it's one thing to miss on a guy who is turned into a pretty nice player. It's another to miss on a Kawhi Leonard. And that type, or or a, a Joker. It, it, it's
1: well, the whole league missed on Joker. Yeah. half the league missed on Kawhi. I mean, I don't think every general manager out there is still hanging on to the fact that they didn't get the Joker.
2: I wonder how many guys get drafted because of past mistakes. Yeah, somebody know. reminds them. Oh man, yeah, this guy. Oh, you know, the Joker. He did. He he he. Look what he made out of himself. Let's take this guy because he's kind of like him. But he's not really. He just sort of is.
1: All right, we'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.